0: Today, we continue to be in the book of Acts, the fourth chapter, the fifth through the twelfth verse. Hear these words. The next day, the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there, and so was Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and the other men of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple and are asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. This is the word of God. For the people of God, thanks be to God. Let us pray. Ever equipping God, as I speak, may you increase and I decrease. May the words you have given me for this message be seeds that rest in our hearts, that we might bear fruit for you here on earth. And may I be bold and courageous in speaking what it is you've given me to speak. This is our prayer, and as may we, as your people, have ears that hear. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You ever been in deep water? Peter and John are in deep water. As we know, we heard the other, a couple of weeks ago that the beggar was sitting outside the gate, beautiful, and, and Peter told him to stand up, and his legs began to walk and began to dance and began to run and he began to shout and be joyous and because of their acts of faith Peter and John landed in jail and they fell into deep water i want to know what do we do when we're in deep water what do we rely on when we're in deep water? What is life, when life throws us a curveball or a sinking pitch, what do we do? Can we hit that pitch because of our understanding of who God is? Or do we struggle? Can you imagine what it must have been like? They reached out in kindness and the church had them arrested. The church... Annas, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, that's a whole priestly family. If you don't know the, the genealogy of the priest, that's a whole priestly family. One will succeed the other, and another will succeed another, and another will succeed another. And they all gathered. They gathered to pass judgment on what, you, what, they, what Peter and John had done. An act of kindness. What, God, what does God ask of us to do but to love one another as we have been loved by God? To stand deep in our faith when we're in deep water. You ever been in deep water? Do you find yourself standing on your cornerstone? Do you find yourself reaching out for Jesus when you're in deep water? Or do you try to control things yourself? Let me, let me share with you an experience that happened several years ago. In fact, I had to ask for clarity. It's been so many years ago. We were blessed, Mary and I, to be invited to go to the Virgin Islands. And we traveled to the Virgin Islands, and during part of that time, while we were in the Virgin Islands, a boat was hired to take us to the British Islands. And so we wanted to go see the British Islands while we were there. And while we were traveling, the boat, the captain of the boat, pulled the boat over, and I don't know, quarter of a mile to shore, there was an island there. And he said, in case y'all want to know, a Corona commercial was filmed right here on that island underneath that palm tree. Well, back then, in that day, I just jumped off that boat. And he said, y'all can go walk on there if you want, but I can't get any closer. So we all had to swim to shore. And of course, you know, you have to have your picture made underneath the palm tree and all the stuff that you do. And, And next thing I know, I look around and there's not very many people on the island. And I see these people and they're swimming back out to the boat. And so I don't know why I was the last one off the island. I mean, I probably do because I know my personality. I was the last one. You got to have as much fun as you can, right, for as long as you can until they tell you it's time to go home, right? And so we're swimming. My friends, my wife, my everybody, they're all getting on the boat. I'm about 20 yards from the boat, and I'm swimming. I'm a good swimmer. I mean, a good swimmer. And I'm swimming. And I'm 20 yards from the boat. And I'm swimming. (laughs) And I'm 20 yards from the boat. Because the wind has picked up and the current has shifted and the boat's going out to sea. And I'm swimming. Have you ever been in deep water? Have you ever been in water so deep it's over your head that you don't really know what you're going to do? And you're giving it everything you you know how to do? Where do you turn to? Where do you turn to when your life is is in struggle, when you're in deep water, when you're pressured by those who are the powers who be? Because, see, Peter and John were in deep water. They were like me that day. They were swimming, but they weren't getting anywhere. They 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 had done a conduct. They had done what God asked them to do, and they landed in jail because of it. Because the church had passed judgment on them because they were threatened by the name of Jesus. They were threatened by who it was who was doing this powerful work of God, this powerful miracle of God. They were threatened for their own identity, leader of the church, that somebody else might come and take that power away from them. But they had found themselves in deep water, and the question begged of them, who? Who is it? By what name, by what power do you do this? I was swimming. Struggling. And I knew I could tread water for a little bit to catch my breath, but I couldn't touch the bottom. And I couldn't get to the boat. And the captain of the boat couldn't start the motor because he had people crawling all over the boat, trying to get back on the boat. And it became a real concern, just like I'm sure it was a real concern for Peter and John as they sat in that cell and, and the pressures. They had been called before the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin asked them the question of faith. What do you do in that moment when you realize you're in deep water? Do you recall all the things you've done in your life? Do you put the weight on your shoulder? Do you start to think, I'm strong, I'm athletic, I can do this, I've got this, me, 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 is that what you do? And you want to control everything and you want to handle everything and you forget about a God who loves you? A God who's walked into that deep water with you. A God who has escorted you into that deep water along with you, even though somebody else has put you there. You find yourself in this situation, and we forget Emmanuel, God is with us. God is with us in our deep waters. We have professed Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of our life, and we've walked through life, and life has many deep waters for us. There are people who judge us, who call us names, who don't believe what we're doing, who want to to judge us because of the actions that we do, the acts of kindness that we do, the the acts of of living in life that we do. People want to judge us, and then they don't want to allow us to be people of faith. And we find ourselves in deep water. Some of the worst things I hear people say sometimes are like this. Man, I hope nobody asks me a question about my faith because I'm not sure I know the answer. You ever say that? In fact, you avoid discussions about your faith because you're afraid somebody might proof text you with the scripture and then you have to try to figure out your own proof text to defend that, right? God doesn't ask us to do that. God asks us to stand when we're in deep water. To stand on the cornerstone of our faith. To stand on the cornerstone so that it may become... Did you hear that in the text? The, the stone that you rejected, the cornerstone of faith, has become the capstone. Do you understand what that means? When buildings are built, the first stone that's laid is the cornerstone, and everything is measured off of that. But the capstone, that's the capstone that goes on top, and it holds everything in place. As the stones are put one on top of the other, the very top is the capstone, and the stat capstone holds everything in place. It's one thing to claim the cornerstone of our faith and say that we believe in the work of God through the resurrected Jesus. But it's another thing to walk through life and wind up in deep water and understand the capstone of our life. That in every situation we find, Jesus is our capstone. Who is it? Or by whose power do you do these things? I mean, the proof is standing right there. The man who was the beggar at Beautiful, the man who was the beggar at Gate Beautiful is standing right there. He sees what's going on. And the Sanhedrin asked of Peter and John, what's your capstone? Who's your capstone? All I could think of while I was swimming Because I'm getting tired, and the boat's getting further and further and a while. And I wished I'd have been singing Merrill's song, Somebody Send a Boat. But we do that in life. We just go on and on, and we get tired and more tired. But not Peter. Peter was ready. Because the text says this one thing, and it's one thing we need to listen to real clear in our lives. It's one thing we as Christians forget about. It's one thing we as Christians forget to do. Now, as I was swimming, I noticed not only were my arms and legs getting tired, I was losing my breath. I was losing my breath because I was becoming tired. And I was forgetting to breathe. As people of faith, as we stand on our cornerstone, we find in the resurrected Christ, we have to breathe in the Holy Spirit. We have to breathe in the Holy Spirit of God everywhere we go. Every situation we get into in life, whether it be celebratory or whether it be derogatory, whatever it is, we have to breathe in the Holy Spirit of God. We have to, like the oxygen that gives us life, we have to breathe in that Holy Spirit because it's that Holy Spirit, the Ruah of God, the fresh wind of God, the wisdom of God that gives us the knowledge and the strength to face the moments ahead of us. The question for Peter from the Sanhedrin, the church powers, the family who was trying to desperately hold on to power. Who? What? How did this happen? Peter stands up full of the Holy Spirit. What do you do when you're in deep water? Do you panic? The worst thing I could have done in that situation was panic. The worst thing I could have done was panic. My arms were tired. My legs were tired. My lungs were burning. I'd swum much further than I meant to. And I was out to sea with the boat. And it was 20 yards away and I couldn't get to it. Peter took a deep breath. Full of the Holy Spirit. The text says full. Have you ever seen somebody full of the Holy Spirit? Have you ever been full of the Holy Spirit? Let me there's nothing can conquer you when you're full of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing can can overcome you when you're full of the Holy Spirit. When God is with you, there is nothing. That can get to you. Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, stood up. You hear that? He didn't sit down and say, oh. Well, you know, I think it says back in Genesis chapter 10, he didn't grab a proof text. He breathed in the Holy Spirit of God. And he stood up full of the Holy Spirit, ready to defend what it is he believed in. Ready to defend what he understood God was doing in his life ready to be bold no matter what any of the church leaders thought or the people who were gathered in the crowd. He had one objective, and the objective was to speak the truth about God. How many of us in deep water want to speak the truth about God? We are God's creation. God has poured God's Spirit in us. God raised Jesus from the dead for our salvation. Because God loves us. That's the truth that's in our deep water. That's the truth that goes with us wherever we go. That's the truth that Peter stood on that day. That's the cornerstone of truth of our faith. And Peter stood there and he said, Oh, don't you know? It's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He nailed it for them. You remember the man you know, Jesus from Nazareth? He's the Christ. As it says in Psalms 118 my dear Jewish leaders my dear friends the leaders of the Sanhedrin the psalms that you know so well Psalms 118 verse 22 it was the capstone that they it was the cornerstone that they rejected has now become the capstone It's by the power of God that we stand here, if you want to know. If I need to put it more specifically, it is God who worked. It is God who created the resurrection so that all might believe in the power of God and all might have new life. Even in the deep waters, we might have new life. For it is not we who save, but it is God who saves. We are the people of God, and God walks in our deep waters with us. Fortunately, I had an an observant friend on the boat, and she hollered at the captain and said, He's not on yet. And the captain let the boat drift a little further, and I kept swimming. And then he fired up the motor. And he sent the boat and the boat came to me. The boat came to me and met me where I was in the deep water and enabled me to be saved. How many of us find ourselves in deep water? And we're struggling to be saved. We're struggling to be understood by God. We're struggling to be able to stand up and breathe in Holy Spirit so that we can proclaim the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Last week I asked you if you knew what the resurrected Christ looked like. I don't. What I said was, I know someone who's been resurrected by the Christ and I know what they look like. How many of us in our deep water today are able to breathe in the power of the Holy Spirit and know that we've been resurrected by Jesus and know that we can stand on the cornerstone of our faith. What's the cornerstone of your faith? It is the act that God did when God raised Jesus from the dead. And he made him the capstone. Do you know how he made him the capstone? He put him in his right hand. God put our Messiah... At his right hand. Our Christ sits at the right hand of the Father for us. Did you hear what I said? For you. For you. For you. For you back on the back pew. For all of you. Jesus is for us. And Jesus wants to not just be the capstone of our life. Jesus, I mean the cornerstone of our life. Jesus wants to be the capstone of our life. Because if we just claim Jesus as Lord and Savior of life, but we don't live into that in the deep waters, we don't allow the capstone to come over the top of our life and solidify our life. We don't allow our structure of faith to be grounded, to be put together, to be made solid. And the way we do that is by breathing in the Holy Spirit. Today, God has breathed upon you. You may be in deep water yourself. There was nothing I loved more than to get back on the boat. And that opportunity was afforded to me to get back on the boat, to take a towel and dry off, to sit down and rest and drink in some water. God does the same thing for us. God finds us in our deep water. God empowers us by the power of the Holy Spirit to stand up and be bold in who we are as a person of faith to stand on our cornerstone and allow the capstone to solidify us so that we can be a witness to the world. Your deep water is different than my deep water, but it's in those deep waters that God asks us to bear witness. So today, will you be a person of cornerstone faith? Will you stand up and bear witness no matter what situation you're in? Will you breathe in the Holy Spirit of God and allow the resurrected Christ to become your capstone? Or will you just keep swimming, gasping for air, trying to do things your own way? I pray that you are bold like Peter and strong like John, and you stand before the world and say, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, And it is by God's resurrecting power that he is my Messiah, my Christ. Amen and amen.